You are listening to World Harvest Church's weekly podcast. WHC is a cross-cultural church with passion for reaching the lost and hurting. We are mission-minded and committed to raising up generations of mighty men and women of God. If you're in the Atlanta area, check us out on Sunday mornings at either 9 or 11.15 a.m. or on Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. From wherever you're listening, we hope this week's message empowers you to grow and go. Everybody say, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. Do what you want to do. Holy Ghost, you're free in this place. Touch me and change me by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Would you remain standing? If you have a Bible, would you turn to the book of Genesis? The book of Genesis, chapter 17, verses 18 through 20. Genesis chapter 17, verses 18 through 20. We're going to go all the way to the beginning of the Bible tonight. Genesis 17, verses 18 through 20. If you have it, say amen. Amen, amen, amen. And so the word of the Lord reads this way. And Abraham, everybody say Abraham. And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing." Then God said, yes. Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. I thank you for your power and your spirit in this place. I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise right now. Begin to settle even now by by your spirit and by your word. God, I ask that you would deposit yourself in the lives of your people. And that what you give them will be spirit and life. God, I come against everything that would come against them right now in the name of Jesus. I come against every attack. I come against every lie. I come against every game, every agenda of the adversary, of every person in this place, myself included. Devil, we bind you in the name of Jesus. We rebuke you now. And every plan and plot that you've had is rebuked and sent back to the pit of hell in Jesus' name. Have your way and be free to move in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Do me a favor. Would you look at, your, at, at the person you're, you're sitting next to? Uh, find the best looking person. <laughs> there, there was a married man in here. He knew exactly who to look at. He's I ain't looking at nobody else except the woman who's sitting right next to me. See, that's how you have drama after church. You know, the devil just starts moving in and meddling because you looked at the wrong person. Look at the best looking person that you're sitting next to and tell them the blessing, the blessing. of Abraham's seed. Abraham's and you may take your seats in the house of the Lord. <laughs> the blessing of Abraham's seed. Now, I would say this right at the onset. I don't plan on preaching a long time. I don't plan on holding you long. As every evangelist has said since time began. (laughs) So I am not going to prophesy to you tonight. But at the same time, I'm going to be led by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. But I don't plan on holding you long tonight. Okay? But don't hold me to that. Okay, here we go. 
We're dealing with a man in Genesis chapter 17 by the name of Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham is later to be known as the father of faith. He's going to be known as the father of many nations. And right in the middle of his life, he receives a word from the Lord. And the, word, and the Lord begins to speak to him and tells him this. He says, Abraham, I have something for you. Abraham, I have a word of promise for you. I have a word of prophecy for you, if you will. I have a word for you that is verifiably and literally going to change your life forever. How many of you know that whenever God begins to speak and God speaks into our life, he speaks for the purpose of shift and he speaks for the purpose of change. We serve a God tonight who does not waste his words. We serve a God tonight who does not speak just to speak. He doesn't speak just to be heard. But he releases a word out of his being and out of his essence for the purpose of change, for the purpose of shift, and for the purpose of beginning a new start and a new season in the lives of people. And so when God opens his mouth and he begins to speak a word and he begins to speak to people, he does it for a reason and he does it for a purpose. And so Abraham receives a word from God, and the word is this. He said, Abraham, here's my word to you. Here, here's here's um, the, the, the news for you that's fresh and hot off the press. You, sir, are going to birth and your wife a son. Out of you, out of your, out of your uh, you know, the, the, the medical, technical, old King James word, out of your loins. I know preachers don't say that now, but you know, I'm an old school preacher, even though I'm only 37 years old. Out of your loins, out of your own body is going to come a son. And this son is going to be your promise. He's going to do things in the earth that have never been done before. He's going to move in seasons. He's going to move in opportunity. Inside of him is going to be power and is going to be authority. And I'm going to move in your life in such a way that you are going to receive what it is that I've told you you're going to receive. Now, how many of you know that whenever God gives us a word, we begin to praise the Lord for that word? Okay, maybe I'm the only one. Ever been a person in this place where God gave you a word and he spoke to you and all of a sudden you just began to praise him and, and worship him and, and glorify him and, and honor him for what it is that he told you? Abraham takes his word and he says, Lord, whatever you say, whatever you utter, whatever you declare, that's what I receive and that's what I believe. You know, Abraham was probably one of the, you know, the four founders of the word of faith movement. You know, he just said, whatever it is, I, I claim it for myself. You know, sometimes I regret not being earlier because I would have loved to see the beginnings of the Word of Faith movement. Very, very powerful movement. It opened the door to, to receive God's Word and to believe and speak things. Abraham receives the Word of the Lord. He praises God. He worships God for that Word. And some time begins to pass and time begins to move and Abraham looks around and he notices that the fulfillment of the word and the fulfillment of that promise from God is not coming to pass. How many of you know tonight that there is a reality in the kingdom of God? And it is this. Not every word from God is instantaneous. Someone just gave me a look. She said, 
Some have been waiting on a word, and it's fulfillment for a long time in here. And some two years go by, and Abraham begins to ponder over his life and to think about what it is that God told him and what it is that God promised him. And he hid those things in his heart, just like Mary did. But how many of you know that whenever a word of God is broadcasted and shared, there is always somebody who is looking at that word other than you? And more often than not, they look at the word of God that was released to you, that was delivered to you, that was given to your life, and some time goes by, and then they come alongside of you and act like they're going to help you. Pastor knows firsthand. And instead of encouraging you, they begin to discourage you. They begin to mesh with you. They, they begin to prod you. They begin to ask you questions and say, you know, I know you know how to hear from God. And, and I know the word of the Lord that that preacher gave you some time ago. But I have a question. Where's the word and where's its fulfillment? Where's the manifestation of that word? Why haven't you seen it yet? And what happens in our life is this, is that we begin to doubt. God, did you really say that? Was that really for me? Did, did the preacher, did the prophet, did he misspeak? Was he accidentally thinking about me, looking at me, but it was for the person who was sitting next to me? You know, did he see me throw that uncommon $1,000 seat in the offering plate? He said, you, I have a word for you. Okay, you know I ain't prophet lying now. Maybe the word was not for me. And maybe the word is not going to happen. And the Bible says that Abraham did not necessarily go through that mindset, but somebody close to him did, his wife. And she says, Abraham, honey, boo. <laughs> Darling, I have a question for you. Remember the night... Remember when God spoke to you and he told you you were going to have a son. Yes, dear, I do. Well, where is he? Because the reality is this, Sarah said, you know, we're getting a little old. We're getting a little worn out. I don't know how much longer we can try. I ain't going no further than that. <laughs> I am unsure at what it is that you said, God said. Matter of fact, I am unsure as to what it is that God said to you when I stood in the tent and heard him speak in the sky. Imagine what it would be like to hear the word of the Lord to your life with your own ears and then begin to doubt his word for yourself. Let me tell you something, when doubt creeps in, anything becomes possible in your life. It is the counter to faith, because when faith is released in your life, and faith is deposited in your life, and faith becomes manifest in your life, then anything is possible. But once you step out of faith, and you move into doubt, then anything else becomes possible too, because faith keeps you connected to God. Faith keeps you contacted with God. Faith keeps you in communion with God, but Doubt puts you in contact with yourself. 
And she looks at her husband and she says this, I have a wonderful genius idea. Since God is slack, since God is delayed, since God is being a little slow right now in his uh, promise and fulfillment to your life, I have a thought in my mind. I'm going to fix this for you, Abraham. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to fix this for God too. Very scary territory when you begin to try to fix things for God. He said, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. I'm going to talk to my maidservant, Hagar. And I'll, you know, I'll have a conversation with her and tell us about our plight. And I have a suggestion for her and I have a suggestion for you. And it's this. Go ahead and take her. Take her by the hand. Uh, take her and throw some romantic words at her. Uh, take her and cook her a nice dinner and give her some flowers and give her some roses. And when all that is over, you're going to take her into your tent and you're going to, King James, you are going to lay with her. <laughs> and out of that union will come a son. And that son will be mine. You know, Abraham didn't even get any credit. She, Sarah said, the son is going to be, it, it's going to be my, why, it was my idea, so it's my property now. <laughs> Husbands, do not look at your wives. I do not. <laughs> the Bible says that Abraham did not remonstrate with Sarah. He did not argue with her. He did not tell her, honey, you are the love of my life. You're my world. You're my everything. And I could never, ever, ever dream of being with anybody but you. It would be a violation of our relationship. It would be counter to our union together. And I shall not. <laughs> no, the Bible said, Abraham said, all right. <laughs> and he used a book in the Bible and a verse that does not exist, that said, well, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> and after that night was over, and after the consummation had reached its finality, <laughs> say nothing else. Some few weeks later, Hagar's pregnant. And out of Hagar is birthed a son. And that son is named Ishmael. Everybody say Ishmael. Mm -hmm. Now what is interesting about Ishmael is this. Is that his life and what would take place in his life was prophesied by God. The chapter before, God tells Abram, there are going to be some things that come out of this child. There are going to be some things that come out of a son that comes out of you. He's going to have some issues. He's going to have some problems. He's going to have some chaos in his life. And the Bible says that Ishmael began to grow. And he began to become older. 
And as Ishmael, theologians say, was some 13, 14 years old, then all of a sudden, Isaac is born. And Abraham's promised son comes out of him and comes out of Sarah. And now you have two sons living in the same place. But the crisis is this, is that one son was born outside of a prophetic word. One son was born outside of a covenantal promise while the other one was. And whenever you have promise and man's idea, you will always have conflict. Whenever you have something that is outside of God's will and something that is standing right next to God's will, there's always going to be an issue because the two will never come together and hold and be hand in hand and walk down the beach in unison. There is always going to be a conflict. There's always going to be a problem and there's always going to be trouble whenever the thing that was birthed outside of the word of God has to live next to the God, God's will for somebody's life. And the Bible says that Ishmael became jealous of Isaac. You know, it's funny how the flesh always becomes jealous of what takes place in the spirit. See, I'm looking for some anointed folk in this place tonight. Ever, ever come across the fleshly person in your life? The person who is trying to do their own thing, their own way? Some folk who are trying to do some ministry, but they're not called, appointed, or anointed to do it? And then all of a sudden, you move up in the anointing, and the power of God's falling on your life, and the power of God's falling in this place, and all of a sudden, that person is just giving you that stink eye. And if looks could kill, I, I, had, a, I had a young a young guy in the church. I wasn't the pastor. I was, I was a youth pastor, and, and I had a, a young guy in the church, and um, I, I could tell he had a little issue. He had a little problem with me, and I, I didn't know why. I said, ah, maybe the guy's a little jealous. I don't know. Well, all of a sudden, after, you know, uh, some time of him knowing that I teach and I preach and I, I pray for people and that kind of thing. I wasn't even the senior pastor yet. I was just the youth guy. No, no, just to the youth guy because that's a hard job. I did it for almost 13 years, I know. You know how many hot dog sales I did? <laughs> do we have to do hot dogs again? Yes, they're cheap, Okay. I used to buy, I used to buy, um, do we have, do you guys have Little Caesars out here? Okay, okay, the saltiest pizza in the world. But anyways, so we, we, had, we had Little Caesars, right? I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. They, it's $5 a box, right? $5 a box. So what we're going to do is we're going to buy about 20 boxes of Little Caesars. Youth pastors, you're going to get an idea right here, okay? This is a revelation for you. We're going we're gonna to buy 20 boxes of Little Caesars. We're going to buy a, a, a ton of chips and a ton of soda. Okay, here's what we're going to do. This is going to be our fundraiser. We're going to sell each plate for $5. So one plate covered one whole box. We came out like $25,000 on a Sunday morning. And everybody got to go to Great America and Six Flags. And buy their own hot dog while they were there. I didn't have to pay for it that time. You know, the youth pastor always is having to cover the kids. Because I don't have money. Where are your parents? <laughs> I tell you, youth pastor life is not easy. I pray a special blessing to the youth pastors in this place. Where in the world was I going? <laughs> and 
And so this young man who's sitting, I know where I'm at now, and the young man who's sitting there on a Wednesday night while I'm teaching, and I just kind of was about 10 minutes, and you know, those first 10 minutes are so crucial in a message, Pastor. That sermon is so important. And you know, the people on a Wednesday night, they really want to be here, be there just like the people in here on Friday night. And they're here for a word. And so he was sitting, yeah, he was sitting right there. And I'm trying to get into my lesson, you know. And so I'm like, and the word of the Lord says such and such and so and so and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden I look and he's just staring at me. I was like, either this is pure boredom or he really doesn't like me. And there are daggers like coming out of his face. And within 10 minutes of my message, he got up and walked out. He went off to try to dress like me. He went off to try to start youth ministry just like me. That's what happens when the anointing collides with the flesh. That's what happens when that which is appointed and called of God is in presence with something that's not. And if something wants to be the anointed or one that's used by the anointing by God, they cannot stand it. And so they have to leave. There will always be conflict between that which is anointed and that which is not. And the same conflict is going on now in Abraham's home. And Abraham doesn't know what to do. Abraham says, there's chaos, there's conflict, there's turmoil, uh, there's melee in my house between my two sons. And God, I don't know what to do. It's becoming so obvious. It's becoming so heavy. God, please tell me, what am I to do? Well, just as in the beginning, just as when God spoke to Abram and then Sarah came alongside to ask him that question. All of a sudden, Sarah comes back. She says, honey, darling, boo, my world. I need to talk to you again. Everyone says, oh, goodness gracious, what now? I'm talking to the Lord. Well, what? She said, you know, um, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but there is some serious chaos between these two boys. And here's my word of instruction to you. Take this son Ishmael and get him out of here. Take his mother Hagar and get her out of here. Because I can't stand looking at him. I can't stand looking at her. And I need them out because we have nothing but conflict in our home now. The Lord is not pleased. <laughs> and the same lady who had the idea to birth his son is now the same lady who wants to get rid of him. Because now she's walking in the grace of God. She's walking in the fulfillment of the promise. She's walking in the blessing of God for her life and Abraham's life. And now she's looking at something that does not have God's fulfilling, uh, fulfilling promise on it and says, you know what? I don't want this anymore. It's amazing what happens when the plans of the flesh don't pan out right and then you want to get rid of it and act like it never happened. And just best believe, it doesn't just happen in the world. It happens right here in the body of Christ. Get rid of him. I don't want to see him or her ever again. 
Abraham is now looking at his wife. He's looking at his son. He's looking at Hagar. He's looking at God. He's looking at Isaac. He's looking at everything that he possesses and says, God, what am I supposed to do? Now what? What's my answer? What's my solution? I guess I have to live by that verse again. Happy wife, happy life. And it looks like I'm going to have to get rid of my son. It looks like I'm going to have to send him afar off. It looks like I'm going to have to release him from my presence. And he's going to have to live with his mother somewhere in the wilderness. And I don't know what to do. And I don't want this to happen. God, what am I supposed to do? And the Bible says this. That Abraham looked at God and he spoke to him. And he said, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. If only he might flourish under what it is that he's supposed to live under. If only he could receive something from you. Because I know Abraham said that if I live under the blessing of God and if I live under the voice of God, there's going to be a fulfilling promise and a blessing that takes place in my life. I know that if I walk with you and if I talk with you, you're going to do something in my life. I know that if I keep relationship and fellowship with you, the same God who called me out... And who told me who I was will be the same God that takes care of him. God, I need you to do something for me. I need you to take care of my son. I need you to allow him to move in some manifestation and dimension of who you are. Because without you, he's nothing. And without you, he's going to fail. And without you, he's going to be alone. And the Bible says that Abraham prayed that prayer. How many of you know that whenever we pray a prayer to God, he hears us? That that was just an okay response for such a powerful reality. How many of you know that whenever we pray to God, he hears us? How many of you know God wants us to talk to him? First Chronicles says, call on his name. Job 14 says, you'll call and I'll answer you. Psalm 18, David writes, I called to the Lord, and he heard my cry. Whenever you call unto God, whenever you speak to him, whenever you summon him, whenever you call upon his name, the Bible says that God will respond and he will answer. There is never a day in your life where God will ever not hear your prayer. There is never a time in your life where God will never turn his ear to your prayer. No, the moment you open your mouth, God says, I know exactly who that is. I know exactly who's calling upon me. I know exactly who's summoning me. And the moment you open your mouth and you release a prayer out of your bosom, and out of your spirit. God says, I'm about to hear you and I'm about to do something and about to manifest myself in a way you never dreamed before, seen before, or imagined before. God Almighty tonight is the same God who will hear a prayer of anybody who calls upon him. Call upon me in the day of trouble and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not of. I'm about to... And I'm looking for some people in this place who are about ready to call upon God. I'm looking for some people in this place who are about ready to summon God. I'm looking for some people in this place who are about ready to say, God, I need you. I need something from you. I'm in a bind. I'm in a problem. I'm in a trouble. And I need something from you. I need a word from you. I need a response from you right now. Take your seats. Take your seats.
And the Bible says this, that after Abraham prayed, may he flourish, may he live under your blessing. Then God said, I don't know. God, may Ishmael live under your hand. May he limit her who you are. And God said, I'll think about it. God, may he receive something of you because without you, he's nothing. And God said, let's meet tomorrow at 12 o'clock for lunch and we'll have a discourse about it. No, 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 no. The Bible says that when Abraham prayed the prayer and he released that prayer out of his mouth and God heard him, that God opened his mouth and said, yes. When he said yes, the literal translation of the word is indeed and surely. Will you bless Ishmael? Yes. Will he live under your blessing? Yes. Will he live in your presence? Yes. Will he receive something from you? Indeed. Will he have a presence on him that comes from you? Surely. God, are you going to answer my prayer? Abraham said, God said yes. Do you hear me right now? God said yes. Did you hear the prayer that came out of me, out of my pain and out of my past and what I'm living in right now? And God said yes. He said, Abraham, there is never a day I don't hear you. There's never a day I won't respond to you. There's never a day that my ear is closed to you. And there will always be a day when I open my mouth and I begin to answer you and respond to your prayer. And so my answer to you, Abraham, is this, yes. Yes, 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 I will bless Ishmael. Yes, I'll flourish him. Yes, I will. I will do exactly what it is that you're asking me to do. And my answer to you, Abraham, is this. Yes, and I came into this place tonight to tell you that God is about to tell you yes. When you open your mouth and pray to him, he's going to tell you yes. When you have a request from him, he's going to tell you yes. When you have a petition from him, he's going to tell you yes. There's a yes in your life that's waiting to be fulfilled and released. Why did God say yes? You see, it's one thing to know that God said yes. It's one thing to know why uh, when God does what he does and to see it for yourself. It's another thing entirely to understand why God does and says what he says. God said yes. Get ready for this. God said yes because Abraham's prayer had to do with worship. Because of the word blessing there, if Ishmael only might live under your blessing, it is not the Hebrew word barak. Not like Obama, but <laughs> Barak, to, to pronounce abundance on to bless. Not that word. That word bless there in the Hebrew is two separate words. And it, the first word is lay. Everybody say lay. And pane. Not like panera, but pane. If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. If only Ishmael might live under your lay pane. What does it mean? First word lay. In connection with 
panay, worship. If only Ishmael might be connected to worship. The Spirit of the Lord is in this place. He's about to give revelation to people right now. If only Ishmael might be in connection with his life attached to, associated with worship. Why? Because Abraham knew and understood that worship is the prerequisite for God's presence. He knew that if you move into worship, you're going to have God's ear. He knew that if you move into worship, blessing is going to be released. Blessing is going to be distributed. And blessing is going to be given into somebody's life. And he said, Ishmael needs to live under worship. He has to be in connection to worship because if he's not he's done he's dead he's like a fish out of water he needs to be in worship because if he can live in worship then he can live in your presence what opens the portals of God's presence is worship what moves the hand of God is worship what opens the portal of heaven is worship and whenever you move and you step into worship God begins to move in your life and give you a blessing you've never seen before and I need to know is there anybody in this place who's about ready to move into another dimension of worship. Worship was the primary prayer. The second reason why God fulfilled and said yes is because God fulfilled the prophetic word that he spoke to Hagar. He said, Hagar, I know you're alone. Hagar, I know you're going through it. Genesis 16, look it up for yourself. Hagar, I know that you were used. Oh. Oh, oh, there's some people in here that have been used. There's some saints in here that have been used. There's some saints that have been uh, treated badly and they've been treated uh, unfortunately by people in authority over them just like Hagar was. Hagar, I know that you're scorned. I know that you're hurting. I know that you're scarred right now. But I have a word for you, Hagar. Out of you is going to come a son. And that son will take territory. And that son will birth 12 sons. And God, who is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind, fulfilled the word to Hagar that he prophesied himself and gave her a son. Whenever you open your mouth and whenever you begin to pray to God, whenever you give God your petition, whenever you give him your request, and whenever the heart and the focus of that prayer is worship, God will fulfill that request. There are people in this place tonight who are living in the fruit of a bad decision. 
There are people in this room tonight who are living in the result and the outcome of things that happened to you that should have never happened to you. There are people in this place tonight who are living in the outworkings and the consequences of what it is that people have done to you. And as we said, the people who were in authority over you and they mistreated you and they mishandled you and they abused you and they scorned you for their own pleasure and their own purposes. And you're looking at your life and you're looking at everything and saying, God, what in the world am I going to do? God, how is this going to be fixed? God, what are you going to do with all of this that I'm living in right now? Do you have an answer? And the answer to you is this. And it's the same word that God gave Abraham. Yes. 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 Extra history tells us, theologians tell us, that Ishmael indeed did birth 12 sons and a daughter. Those 12 sons went out and took territory and land for themselves and became mighty men. It is the contrast to the 12 tribes of Israel and the daughter The same blessing that God gave to Isaac was the same blessing in a different variation of what he gave to Ishmael. Ishmael was not the promised son. He was not the son of covenant. Isaac was. But because Abraham prayed a prayer, because Hagar was left alone to her own devices, God said, I'm going to step in and I'm going to give you something that's so good. And what comes out of your son will be a blessing. And it is the blessing of Ishmael. What is it, Pastor Santino? It's the blessing of authority and possession. It's the authority of abundance and, of, and, and power. It's the blessing so that wherever you put your foot, God says, that's yours. If you look at it and you feel an unction of the Holy Ghost, God's going to say, that's yours. God, I feel like I'm lacking. I feel like I have nothing to give. And God says, no, there's a blessing that's awaiting your life. And it's the blessing of abundance. You're not going to find yourself alone. You're not going to find yourself lacking. You're not going to find yourself uh, looking at, at ends meet every single day of your life. No, when I drop this blessing on you, there will be a blessing of abundance in your life. Uh, there will be a blessing of prosperity in your life. There will be a blessing of release in your life. And I'm going to give you something you've never had before. I'm going to give you something you've never touched before. Your pockets are going to be full of finances. Your bank account is going to be full of money. Whatever you look at, I'm going to say that's yours. The car is going to be yours. The house is going to be yours. The blessing is going to be yours. It's all going to be yours because I said yes. Why? Because worship was primary. And I'm looking at some people tonight who need a word. 
You, you need a word. I'm looking at some people tonight who feel like their lives are nothing, who feel like their lives are lacking, who feel like wherever they look and wherever they touch, they're, they're, they're grasping at thin air. Here's, here, Gina, do me a favor, come here, hold this for me. You're, you're looking at your blessing, you're looking at what you want. And right when you put your hand to it, it's gone. You can't touch it. You can't grab it. It's always out of your reach. But tonight, God says, the blessing of Ishmael is for you. And you're going to find yourself moving and living in a dimension and a manifestation where you're not going to be missing the blessing. You're not going to be always trying to grab it. But all of a sudden, when this blessing hits your life and when this blessing hits your home, you're not going to look at it and it's going to be gone. No, you're going to grab that thing and it's going to be yours in the name of Jesus. And God said, I'm about to release this blessing in your life here tonight in World Harvest Church in Roswell, Georgia. The blessing of Ishmael is in this house. Everybody stand to your feet right now. I'm going to say this one thing and we're done. I'm going to pray for y'all. We're dealing with the book of Genesis. Amen. Amen. We, we didn't forget where we were, right? Okay. We're not in Revelation. That's the last book. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. What comes after Deuteronomy? Y'all know your Bible in here. Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, First and Second Kings, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Ruth, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Habakkuk, Nahum. Haggai, Obadiah, Zephaniah, Malachi. Y'all know a little bit. You know, I might be from San Francisco, but I know some stuff, you know. That testament, that covenant was always a picture of what was to come through Jesus. And when you jump over and you cross those 400 silent years and you deal with a man named Jesus, how many love Jesus in this place? And after he hung and he died and rose again and gave you authority and gave you power, then the Holy Ghost indwelt man for, for the first time ever. And in this new covenant, in this new dispensation of the kingdom because of Jesus, the Bible says that all of the promises of God are yes. Hold on, because there's one more piece of that pie. 
and we speak the amen. There is a promise of God on your life and it's yes. And this time you speak the amen. You speak the amen to the promise. You speak the amen to the abundance. You speak the amen to the manifestation. You speak the amen to the fulfillment. God gave you the power. God gave you the authority. God gave you the wherewithal and the ability to speak your amen to the promise that God gave you for your life. All because of Jesus. I'm going to say this, we're done. I promise I'm done. Remember we said type in shadow, old covenant, new covenant. Oh, this is good. Abraham talks to God, the father, on behalf of his son, Ishmael. The Bible says, and Jesus sits at the right hand of the father and makes intercession for us and if God is hearing his own son will he not respond for you as you speak the amen I came in this place tonight to tell you that God is about ready to release the blessing of Ishmael in this place God is about ready to move you into abundance. He's about ready to move you into possession. He's about ready to move you into authority to allow you to put your hand on something you've never touched before. He's about ready to let you move into a territory you've never stepped into before. He's about ready to allow you to see things and move into things that you've never moved into before because you have the authority and the power to say amen to his yes. Keep your heads lifted in this place. Keep going. Or off. Keep. Keep going. I'm a man under authority. Under this authority. Pastor said, we, we'll probably take an offering and then you'll continue praying for people. I said, Pastor, whatever you want. He said, if the spirit keeps moving, we'll do the offering after. I want the people to get ministered to. Can you thank God for your pastor one more time? God is not about to be ready. God is ready to release in this house the blessing of Ishmael. where you and I speak the amen. Everybody say amen. Keep your hands lifted. Gina's gonna sing for a moment.
And as the Spirit of God begins to fill this house, and as the Spirit of God begins to fill this place, you're going to be touched by the power of God. You're going to be renewed. You're going to be restored. You're going to be refreshed. You're going to move into a new dispensation and manifestation of God's glory and power that lies within the kingdom of God for you. Thank you once again for listening to World Harvest Church's podcast. World Harvest Church is pastored by Pastor Merrick and Linda Houghton in Roswell, Georgia. If you're interested in learning more about us, please visit our website at whcga.com. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to our YouTube channel by typing WHCGA into the search bar on both platforms. And we hope you have a blessed week.